guys. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Uh, just the two of us tonight. Dave here, along with broadcast partner in crime this evening, Matt. Yo. Matt, how's it going? It's going. Uh, so as the title can see, the Flyers are done, but hockey isn't. Um, the NHL people, NHL teams who made the postseason live on. We'll touch our first round picks later on this episode, but for now, um, what concluded Saturday? We even have a timeline for this episode this week. So like, look, look at us. Yeah, we're we're doing it. We're <laughs> trying to get things a little bit more cleaner for y'all, so we're not off the rails all the time. Um. Old said time went up, so I know what we want to talk about first. Um, yeah, so tonight we're going to obviously we're going to talk about quick touch of the on the Flyers, you know, kind of disastrous end of the season on Saturday. Um, our early offseason predictions, what's going to happen, what coaches have lands, a big coach has already signed. Yep. Um, and then I mentioned just like two seconds ago our playoff review for the first round for both the Eastern and Western conferences. Uh, so Matt, I'll let you lead off things. I've been leading off the past couple weeks. So I'll let you lead the charge. What were your thoughts on uh, the Flyers' closing game against the Carolina Hurricanes? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to be said at this point. Obviously, it happened and it's over. And they really just went out with kind of, I guess, what is it? The saying is a fizzle instead of a bang. I yep. mean, they. It was basically like I was like I've said multiple times before the season. There's been games this season that represent the entire season as a whole. Where in this case the Flyers, uh, what they gave up the first two goals. First two goals. Yeah, I mean they gave up the first goals of the game, and it came down to it. They were down what in the third period. Yeah, so originally they went. I didn't there. watch much. Of they the game. they went. <laughs> I was there. So they went down to nothing. I was coming home from the Phillies for most of it. He was in one. Yeah. Um, down to one. So they went down to nothing. They made it two one, and then I think Carolina made it three one after shortly after they went made it a two one game. Yeah. So they end the first intermission down three one. They storm out. But I think someone in the locker, whether it be Jake or Giroux, or someone said, boys, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. This is not if we want to show to our fans in our last game. So they storm out of the gates in the second period, tied up quickly to make it 3-3. Then about towards like the end of the second period, Carolina makes it a 4-3 game, and the Flyers came out and really owned the play in the third period. But at that point, it was 2-0-2 late, and Curtis McElhinney and that was just like, yeah, I'm not going to let you score me anymore. And then they end up being a 4-3 to three L. Yeah, I mean, again, it was just one of those things where the Flyers wanted to win, obviously win in front of their home crowd for the last game of the season. They knew they were out of the playoffs just, what, a week before against the same team in Carolina. And, I mean, you really, it's got to be tough for the players to obviously kind of put, I guess, put on a show, quote-unquote, to, like, make it seem like you're like you're going into something better, but this is literally just like the last sixty minutes of hockey until September. When Unless you're playing in the world in the world championship. Well, I mean ah, I mean who really personally like I yeah. I'd much, much rather see them playing in, in the, the playoffs. 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 Yes. I, I, I don't really agree. care about the world championships. Like great, like go represent your country, but like also like I would rather see them representing the city of Philadelphia and go at least try and win a Stanley Cup for once in a lifetime. But, again, it was just one of those things where, like, 
they just ended the season kind of the way they, I guess, they started it in disappointing fashion. And this time it's just, there was just curtains. And we're without hockey now for, what, the next five months? Yeah, until September. Yeah. So, I mean. But without Flyers hockey. Yeah. But, I mean, again, and I'm excited for the playoffs. I always am, regardless of if the Flyers are in it or not. But, like, it's always more exciting when you have an actual team to root for, aside from, like, your quote-unquote second team or, like, oh, like, I mean, I'm probably going to not, like, strong. I'm going to pull for probably the Predators, honestly, because they have Simmons. But, again, like, the one thing I've been thinking about, too, is that, like, I'm tired of seeing the Flyers trade guys away so that they can win a Stanley Cup instead of making the effort or putting out the effort as a team so that they can win it as a flyer instead of having these guys play for years on end. And then it's like, it's it's a nice gesture, obviously, and I would love to see these players succeed, but I'd rather see them succeed as a flyer instead of a Nashville Predator or Chicago Blackhawk, i.e. Timonen. Like, it was, I was happy when Timonen won the Cup, but, I mean, you want to see them win the Cup with the Flyers. And that's, like, a thing, like, I know this, I'm getting a little off topic here, but, like, I don't want that to happen with Giroux because we all, I hope Giroux is a career-long flyer, but the team has just kind of mismanaged him in his prime, and they haven't given him really the tools. I mean, they've given him tools to succeed, obviously, because he had that renaissance season last year, and he still killed it this season, but it's like, this guy is the longest-tenured Philly Philadelphia sports figure, not just on the Flyers, in the city. Like, this guy's been around for over, what, 10 years now? Yeah. I remember watching him with the Phantoms in 2008. Yeah, and, like, I don't want to see Giroux get, like, get traded and then win a cup. I want him to win a cup with the Flyers because they'll most likely retire his number as a Flyer either way. But it's like, I don't want to see him lift the cup with another team because, to, I, I mean, again, it's – it's obviously good for the players to get that success, but it's like, as a fan, like you want to see the players that have given their time win with this team instead of going to another team and winning with them because it it doesn't feel at, it feels nowhere near as special as it would be to see someone in a Flyers uniform lift the cup while I'm alive. So and there's and there's no other Philadelphia athlete that catches more shit in this city than Claude Giroux. Yeah. And, 99.99999% of the time, it's unwarranted. Yep. It's just the typical stupid Philadelphia fan who thinks they're knowledgeable in sports when they're really not. Hating on the captain of the Flyers says, oh, they're not successful because Claude Giroux. Like, well, no. Usually Claude Giroux is the one who, hit, you know, balls up. Yep. Like, he he's there. Yeah, I mean... And there's just been times where either whether it be there's enough tools around him... Cammy, <laughs> sorry, we have Cammy on the podcast this evening again. I hope it wasn't an issue last week. Um, this is where he hasn't had the tools of there being other players around him, mm-hmm. or there's been just lack of tools in the GM position or the head coaching position or the assistant coach position. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. It's like it's almost like the, like a mercy kill for the Flyers at this point because it's like everyone was just so tired of like. Everyone just wanted this season to be over after a certain degree. Like once they were eliminated from the like from the playoffs last week, it was like, all right, like we got three games left, and they basically, I mean, they like after that, it's like they mailed it in. Yeah, they mailed it in. They, I mean, they did not give a shit. And it's t- like it's tough to say as a fan, but like I was nearly, I was just kind of done at that point because it was like they made it interesting by 
getting to within a playoff spot, not even getting in yeah. one and then losing it. And then, like, basically, they were unsuccessfully jockeying for a position in the playoffs, and obviously they never got in a position. So it was just, like, they made it interesting, which was fun to watch for, what, two months? And then it was, like, they, they didn't even run out of track. They just they didn't win the games they needed to win, and obviously they paid the price. Obviously they paid the price earlier in the season when they just pretty much – pooped the bed for the first 30 games, but it was like, I don't know. It's just like, at this point, it's like everyone can kind of take a breath and be like, all right, like we got to process what just happened for the last eight months and we got to fix it because our fans pretty much are tired of us coming out and promising, hey, we're bringing the cup back to Philly, but it's like, hey, like we're not even going to make the postseason and you still have to come watch us play. And it's like, well, that's not fun. So... They have a lot to do this offseason, and I guess we can kind of segue into, like, I guess what Fletcher said today because he had a press conference. The players had uh, the breakup day, which is, like, the most depressing thing ever. It's like, hey, let's, like, talk to these guys about, like, why the team, like, sucked this year and, like, ask them, like, what they're going to do. Like, it's like, all right, like, sure. And then it's like, obviously, Fletcher has to come up and talk. Gordon came up and talked today, so I don't know. I guess you can – you can go first on that. I'm trying to know about my thoughts on Saturday. It was just Saturday's game was the perfect it, – it, it perfectly described this season in a hole. They fell down early, mm-hmm. came back from said hole, then dug a smaller hole, tried to come back from said smaller hole, but the damage was already done and they couldn't recoup. Yeah. Like, I joked, I joked to, to Brenna before the game. I was like, hey, we only have three more periods of pain left. And one of the ushers – Heard me say that and was like, oh, come on. So then I started talking to her about I was like, listen, I'm like, this team's just, they've given up. Yeah. And like, I've been, everyone knows me. I'm a very optimistic, the cup is always half full type of guy, I would say. Agree or disagree, depending on who you are. Um, but especially with the Flyers. I'm very optimistic. I have I have high hopes, no pun intended because I'm wearing a Philly shirt right now. Mm. But I have high hopes for our prospects in yeah. being Patrick Konechny, Provost, and High Myers. Etc. You, everyone knows who they are. But again, we talked about it earlier too. Is that like I said this, and I'm pretty sure like you and Jake also said it. But it was like the like the the fan in us wanted them to make that miracle push somehow, squeeze into the playoffs. But we knew, but the, the, uh, like the realist, yeah, was like it was like they're either gonna a run out of track or b is what they did, which is blow it completely. And lose the most important what, games of the year. What, what I think would happen, and then was, they were just going to basically like mail it in, like you said, for the last X amount of games that they yeah. had left. Well, I think what happened was they didn't run out of track. They were still on the race, but they like fell. Well, they derailed. Like, they they like they were like running. You're it's like you're, you're, you're like on the final lap of like your mile, and you're running. And you're about to like make a break, like break your best time, make a miracle happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you stumble, you fall, and you like dislocated your knee. And now you have to stumble the rest of the way because it's gym class and you yeah. got to go all out for that best mile time. Yeah. And then you end up just ruining it. That's that's what happened. And it was just it was very very it was almost heartbreaking to see, but we all kind of saw it coming. Uh, but segueing on that's all I got for this season. Um, we go segueing into our next topic about the off season and the press conferences. Day. I watched Chuck's press conference. I had to stop it there because I was. Still kind of technically at work. Um, and, uh, you know, Chuck, Chuck Chuck, said the right things. 
again, he said the right things, but I need there to be action. The big fish is no longer an option. The filet mignon has been served. You've the flan off the table. <laughs> um, as we know, Joe Quinville, unless you live in Iraq today, signed with the Florida Panthers and claims that he spoke to no other NHL team and got to show you that, you know what, maybe he was never an option because Dale Talon is the GM of the Florida Panthers and Dale Talon was the GM who signed Joel in Chicago. They are really close friends. And yeah, you have Chuck Fletcher's connection to Joel with him as his dad getting him for his first job. But Dale Talon was the guy who signed him to the team that got him his three Stanley Cup rings. Yep. So, Monkey's yeah. your uncle, Quinville's gone. I mean, that's also like, I want to say it's not really the first domino to fall for the Flyers, but it is a big domino to fall for the Panthers because, I mean, you have Quinville as their coach. They already have Barkov. They have Longo. I mean, he's getting a little older, but he's still he's still good. Like he's still reliable. They, they need to get they need to get another goalie in there. But again, like that being said, with free agency coming up, like that's gonna attract probably Panarin because, oh, because Panarin played with Quinville. And Panarin and Quinville loved each other. Yeah, so like that. That is huge for Florida. Bad for the Flyers. Bad for every team, obviously, because they might not get one of the star forwards. Of the but, I mean, it's still Florida, so there'll be no one in their building to watch them be good anyway. I mean, still, they it's going to be, again, Florida, I think now with Quenville, is going to be a team on the rise. And, I mean, the Flyers have even had trouble with Florida the past couple of years. when they Florida's got some good players. I was going to say, I mean, they we the last time the Flyers made the playoffs, what, two years ago, they barely inched in over Florida. Yeah. So it's like... Florida's been pretty much nipping at the heels of the Eastern Conference right now, and they're in they're in the Atlantic Division, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, they could be a borderline like three, four, I get well three or wild card this next year, upcoming season because they didn't make the playoffs, which like obviously is why they already hired a new coach. Yep. But I mean, again, they're they're a team to watch, as yes. they say. Yes, they are. So. But I think Quenville is a step in the right direction for them, obviously, and they're gonna they're gonna be a force next season. I I think if they make the right moves, obviously, and that's gonna obviously be bad for everyone else and the Flyers because the Flyers play them probably what four four times a season. It's four times four. So right. well, it, that's all depending on the realignment, two. right? At least yeah. twice. It depends on the schedule maker. Whatever. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, so that's the that was the big news today. Um. Aside from that, I guess we can go back to like what Fletcher said. Yeah, right? Chuck just brought some good things. Let me pull up our Twitter feed because I know we did retweet some of them. I mean, he said the right things. Like it was, if you're a fan, it was you heard what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, he said that you know they weren't they're kind of paraphrasing here, but like they were tired of the season wasn't good enough. They needed to improve in certain areas, and he outlined the uh, the best thing was that he didn't sugarcoat anything. No, he was where he honest. wasn't like oh, we're headed in the right direction, or, like, we just didn't have it this year. Like, he was like, we need to be better. I'm going to do what I can to improve this team. And, then like, he's, he's like, I can't control the market. And I'm like, I was like, I'm like, man, well, you kind of can. Like, if you if you are aggressive enough, like, if you make that push to sign these big free agent names that are coming up or anything like that. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, you just have to kind of, like, he said, so, like, one of the quotes that we retweeted on our Twitter account was, we're going to be active and trying to improve – our team, how that translates to summer, we'll find out. You can't control the marketplace and the trade market. But, again, you can if you're aggressive enough. So, it's just like, dude, like, maybe, like, I'm not – obviously, I don't – he hasn't done anything yet, so I can't really say this with too much emphasis. But it's like, maybe just grow a pair and, like, be the guy that steps up and be like, 
we're getting this guy or we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Like, so, I mean, but it was good because he kind of, he partially satiated the, the, the ravenous appetite that this fan base has for success. Oh, and Flyers, for Flyers Twitter has been a mess yeah. since rumors came out that Quenville was signing with Chick with the Panthers last night. Like, there are people saying, oh, offseason's a failure already. Like, dude, no, the, the dude was a free agent. Yeah. I mean, he, he chose to go to sunny Florida versus it's what, Northeast. It's where, yeah, we're on the third day of the offseason. Yeah. And, like, and Flyers Twitter has already hit panic mode. It's already like, relax, people. Fire, yeah. But, I mean, again, this is the time of year where, the, like, the GM's going to talk and then everyone else. I mean, we make the like we make predictions, obviously, but I'm not going to say in any yeah. means that I know as much as an NHL GM. So I mean, everyone's kind of in the same boat. Whether like, what are we doing here? Like, who are we going to trade? Like, this is going to be like a cap hit. It's like just, I mean, me personally, everyone else can do what they want, but me personally, it's just time to kind of sit back and relax and take it day by day at this point and see what happens. Because I mean, we can't even sign any free agents until July. Yeah, so July first. Like, we still have a lot of time. The draft isn't for another month and a half. Like, the draft lottery's tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean that's cool. The Flyers have what, like a less than three percent chance to get the first overall. Yeah. yeah. So I mean they'll probably pick somewhere in that ten to fifteen. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, t- two years ago we had the same odds and landed number two overall and got Nolan Patrick. True. So you never. There's a chance. So again, but it's a day by day thing because exactly. let's see what happens tomorrow. And then if we get uh, maybe even a top 10 pick, that'd be sweet. But it's like, again, that pick could get traded before it even comes to fruition because we could maybe there's someone else on a pick on the trading block or another team where Fletcher maneuvers a deal, someone else maneuvers a deal, like brings up Chuck is like, yo, I got this guy and this kid and like, let's do it. So, I mean, again, everyone, <laughs> I think everyone just needs to calm down yes. because Fire a Twitter. Like, relax. There's not even going to be, a tr- like, any training camp. Like, the season literally has just been finished. Everyone, I'm still trying to process what the hell happened with this team. And everyone's already, like, we like we lost Quenville. It's like, we never had Quenville to begin with. So, like, I don't understand why everyone is, like, up in arms about it. It's like, there were the reports that were out, which I'm, I those sources that came out with them, I like them. I think they're credible sources. And they could have just been fat, fed bad information, but it's like, dude, which like, happens. Yeah, I mean, again, everyone, it's, it's just, I hate. I mean, it's gonna happen, obviously, because people are gonna do what they're gonna do. But it's like, stop overreacting and just let things, let the like, let the blocks fall into place here. Mm-hmm. So, um, couple things I want to kind of chime in there. One, one of the things I disagreed with was Fletcher was quoted today saying, "I don't think it's an elite free agent class." Chuck, buddy, buddy old pal, no, you're listening. Hmm. Probably not. Anyway, uh, when you have Artemi Panarin, Eric Carlson, and Matt Duchesne as the top three free agents, sounds pretty elite to me. Yeah. I I don't know what um, Devil's Lettuce Chuck Fletcher's smoking, but I definitely want some of it because apparently it's really good. It's decriminalized in Philadelphia, so. It is. So Mm -hmm. maybe he does. Uh, but <laughs> just, I don't, when you have those three headlining, yeah. you know, the free agent class, I, I, I get, I go into my drawer, I go in that right spot in the right cupboard, you know, and I find my elite stamp mm-hmm. and it gets stamped an elite. Yeah. Uh, that's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, switching forward into the, <laughs> Tammy, <laughs> sorry, everyone. She's very protective of the she won't do anything. She's all barked. Um, going forward, 
getting back on track. Um, there are still, even with Quinville gone, there are still plenty of other good coaching options out there that aren't like, oh no. Um, Chuck said today that Scott Gordon is still right and has a good chance of being renamed because apparently him and the players have a really good reputation and a lot of the players said they wouldn't mind, then they would like him to come back. Mm-hmm. But you never know. When Scott Gordon gave his press conference, he made it seem like he was a guy who knew he wasn't coming back next year, which is what he kind of has to do because he can't have his hopes up because he's technically a candidate now and is unemployed, I guess. He's on the block. Yeah, he's he's on the block. He's he's an option. He's like an entree. Yeah. Um, there's there's guys like Sheldon Keith, who's like the next up and coming coach. Uh, but you then you have Dave Tippett, who's a proven NHL winning coach with Arizona and Dallas. Mm-hmm. You've got Aline Vigneault, um, who previously you know won six division titles with the six division titles with the Vancouver Canucks, and then his first year with the Rangers took them to their first Stanley Cup final in 20 years. He's got a big pedigree. Um, Bruce Boudreau, if he gets fired in Minnesota, even good old Bruce, he's an option. And he's someone who, when Quinville got hired by the Blackhawks, he was the guy who ever labeled as good coach, can't get done in the playoffs. Well, we all know what happened with Joel Quinville. Um, so maybe Bruce Boudreau's a good fit. Maybe you go out and, I mean, those are the really ones that I see. I don't know, there's, there's Sutter's out there, um, and I don't really want him. Um, and there's there's a couple other options here and there, but like there's still, if you ask me, you've got Sheldon Keith, Dave Tippett, and Ali Vigneault, who I would probably put Vigneault and Tippett ahead of Keith mm-hmm. as rankings, but I'd be happy with all three of those if, if any of them decided to come to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I mean... I again, I'm just gonna kind of give it give it time at this point because I mean, Fletcher said I think the other day that he didn't want to draw out like the the process of either hiring Gordon as a full time coach or hiring an outside hire bringing them in as a full time coach. So hoping that he'll get that decision made and finalized and done by I don't know maybe the end of the month. Hopefully, Hopefully. definitely wants to get it done sooner than later. Matt, do you mind closing the door? We're taking a, a pause on the podcast for a second because Cambria's not cooperating this evening. I'm sure some people watching this podcast right now, Facebook Live, know why. One day, one day, Matt, we'll have our own recording studio. I mean, I love dogs, but the recording studio will be dog food. She's vocal about the flyers. Yes, she Cammy is caring. Yeah. She's saying, enough of this bullshit. There needs to be good change happening. Exactly. Um... But yeah, Matt, resume thoughts on available coaches. That's pretty much all I had to say, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we'll just again. I'm not going to go around predicting that I'm yeah. like thinking that I know everything. I mean, I know there's options out there. You just touched on them, and like I know most of the, most of the track records. So it's pretty much just up to Fletcher at this point to make that move and get us a new bench boss. And then obviously, um, I guess. It'll kind of be like the, I guess, the trickle down effect, if that's the right thing to say. Yeah. But it's like once you hire that new like head coach, you'll either have that guy pick his assistants, or like the new guy along with Fletcher will pick assistants. I mean, I can't imagine Rick Wilson's going anywhere right now because he's been he's been probably the best assistant coach of the year. Um, I think Knobloch and Lapierre are both on the chopping block at this point because the Flyers special teams has still been low tier in the league, so it's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it brings me back. We're cycling back tonight to a lot of things with the Flyers. At least it's just you just gotta wait and see what's gonna happen Precisely. because like we can talk about it all day, but it's like until anything kind of comes to light, report wise, or the rumblings of whoever's coming to the Flyers comes about, it's like we can we can talk about it until the cows come home. But like nothing, just gotta wait and see. So yeah, like the next time we're not seeing any player wear a Flyers uniform is a prospect at the draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they pick. Yeah. In round one. And, of course, rounds two through seven, if they don't trade away any of those picks. Yep. And then was, we'll see practice jerseys at rookie summer camp in July. Yeah. And then you don't see anybody again, again until practice jerseys until September. Yeah. When rookie camp starts before training camp. So, um, <laughs> we found out today also that Shane Gosper had been hurt all year long. Since October 27th, he had been battling a knee injury. I don't get what is with. We saw it with Wayne Simmons last year. Uh-huh. Now we've seen it with Gosses Bear this year. In years prior, we saw it with Giroux. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what it is with our players and either or our medical staff that is letting them play hurt to the point where it's badly affecting their game. Where you have a fan base and media, media people saying, "I don't think where he's as good as he thought they were." And I was one, me and you two at the season were like. This is not Shane Goss' spare. Something is wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I thought that he, out of all the players that were affected by, like, the Hackstall, uh, Hackstall situation and just the whole season in general, I think Goss' spare was the one that kind of suffered the most because, I mean, him and Provorov, I guess, on the defensive side were probably the two, honestly, on the whole team, honestly, that were probably the ones that struggled the most with, like, the ups and downs of this entire season. Provorov turned it around once, like uh, – once Gordon came in, and then like obviously found and Rick Wilson, yeah, like got help from that. But it's like, but then and then Ghost got Ghost just kind of Ghost pretty, got hurt by Rick Wilson, yeah, because uh, Ghost mean, Ghost even not to cut you off there, but even Go, even Ghost admitted that under Dave Hacksaw company, he had a longer leash to make more offensive chances, yeah, and do more high risk high reward plays. Where with Gordon and Wilson, it was a little more all right. We're Toning back your leash a little bit, but I mean that's on him as a player. I feel like to adapt to the new the new system, Precisely. the new coaching. Like you mean, I you can't be like, hey, well this guy like said I could do this. It's like no, like he's gone. Like you're gonna do what we're you're gonna do what we're saying. You're gonna take like the constructive criticism. You're gonna work on what we want you to work on, and we don't care what this guy told you. Like this is where we're at now, and you gotta be you gotta be on board here. Otherwise, it's gonna get worse. I mean. I'm not going to call him out and say he wasn't on board, but it's like he obviously, it seemed, I guess, if he either never got used to the new system, one, or just obviously had trouble adapting to the, the like the constant changes throughout the season, like from being maybe moved up and down in pairings, like different players. And on that, his injury. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the biggest thing where it's like, the only thing I can say about that is there's obviously a sense of pride that comes along with these guys where it's like you don't really want to show that you're injured and you want to obviously give it your all for your teammates. But it's like to what degree do you say like to your trainer, to the team doctor, like, hey, this thing has been bothering me for X amount of games. Look at it. For the better of, for yeah, the betterment like, of the organization, let me rest exactly. so I can get better so when I can come back. I'm myself again. Yeah. Because right now I'm hurting. You literally, like, you don't want to literally be limping through the whole season. And, like, because then obviously people are going to notice that something is wrong. And then once you come out and say it, once the season's over, it's just like, well, why didn't you just get it fixed? Like, yeah. So, 
I don't know. But again, that's 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 in the past now, I guess. Like, yeah. So, Nothing we can do about now. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's the only one, I guess. I don't even is it does it like warrant surgery? I didn't really. I I don't know. I think, apparently, apparently, he said he blocked a shot in the game against the Colorado Avalanche. And then it was just something that nagged him the rest of the year. Right, well, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, a couple other things. At least he's playing in the world championships. Like, is he? Uh, no, I don't know. Um, I was going to move a segue in there before we touch. Okay, I don't really care. Before we playing. touch on our playoff preview for the first round, um, two Flyers players announced they are heading over to the world championships today. Carter Hart will be suiting up between the gold pipes for Team Canada. And James Van Riemsdyk will be skating for the good old red, white, and blue for Team USA. Uh, so that's cool. Voracek's playing for Czech Republic. Is he? Too. Yeah. Is he? So then Jake Voracek will represent the other red, white, blue team yeah. in the World Championships. But uh, Matt, do you want to kind of close out this last half an hour, or maybe longer, depending on how into it we go with our playoff predictions for the Let's first round? Yes, sir. So we'll just kind of all go off and I'll list each um, matchup for the first round, and we'll just dissect each series by series. We'll think who's going to win, how many games, and what some key factors can be. Um, we'll just start in the Eastern Conference. You have um, number one seeded Tampa Bay Lightning versus the number two wild card seed Columbus Blue Jackets. You have the number two seed Boston Bruins versus the three seed Toronto Maple Leafs. Then you have the other number one seed, um, the Washington Capitals versus the wild card number one spot Carolina Hurricanes. And the other two or three matchup with the second ranked. New York Islanders versus the third-ranked Pittsburgh Penguins. Out West, you have number one overall Calgary Flames versus the second wildcard Colorado Avalanche. Then you have the second-ranked San Jose Sharks versus the third-ranked Las Vegas Golden Knights. Then your other number one matchup is the National Predators versus the first wildcard seed Dallas Stars. And your other two or three matchup is the Winnipeg Jets versus the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so starting off, Matt, your thoughts on Tampa and good old Columbus. So, uh, first off, how many games in the winter? I'm probably going to say, I'm going to say Tampa in five. Tampa in five. So my thoughts on this series are, I think, are probably one of the more brief thoughts that I have out of these matchups is because Tampa Bay is pretty much unstoppable. Wagon. Yeah, I mean they have, they finished with sixty two wins, uh, I think a uh, hundred points at least in the standings. One hundred and twenty eight points. Yeah, I mean, they tied for the best uh, points total and like ever. record ever yeah. in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So I mean Kucherov, obviously they have Kucherov. points, like not a big deal. They literally have threats everywhere. Just the fact that they have Kucherov, Stamkos, like. Um, Kalorn, they have Vasilevsky in there, like Hedman on McTuna, the D. Yeah. I mean, you talk about they're literally one of the best teams ever to play an NHL season. And it's basically it's Stanley Cup for Stanley Cup or Boss for them at this point because anything less than that is gonna be a disappointment, not a failure, because obviously they just killed it the entire season. But I mean the playoffs are obviously like the second season, so it's anyone's game, but it's like going into this thing, they're just a complete juggernaut. And Columbus is basically standing in front of a freight train trying to stop and also derail them to obviously make it past like the best team almost there ever was. 
in an NHL season, especially in the sta- like the salary cap era. Like this yeah. is unheard of. Yes. So it's like, but so yeah, Tampa is unreal. I mean, on the Columbus side of it, they kind of like kind of squeaked in. They got that shootout win against the Rangers yep. uh, a few nights ago to solidify their spot as the first wild card. Second wild card. I already messed it up. Second wild card. Second wild card. So. They're like, uh, I think Spin Chiglet said they're like the the all in team where it's like it's ba- like obviously they went all in at the, at the trade deadline trying to bolster their roster, getting what the Zingle, Duchesne, um, they already have Panarin and Bobrovsky who have made it known that they're pretty much done with the the Blue Jackets after this season. So it's like, I guess this is basically for like maybe the near future the 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 closing of the window for this team to be a contender. Because, and they find themselves up against a team like the Lightning, where it's like you, you're like you're excited because it's like yeah playoffs, but it's like holy shit, like we're playing the Lightning. And I mean David, the Flyers, yeah. I mean the Flyers, like any team, obviously, like in the league is gonna be is gonna have trouble with the Lightning if they make it. I guess in the league, if I say like if they come to it in like further rounds, but it's like this just could be a steep. Like the the Blue Jackets have never made it past the second round, correct? In the franchise history, the first round. All right, well there you go. So history's not on their side. The matchup is not on their side. Everything is against Columbus in this point, and for them to take down Tampa Bay somehow, which I don't think is going to happen, would be unreal. Like it would have to be basically like everything would have to be perfect for them to win. I mean, Tampa has home ice, so the first few games will be in Tampa Bay. It could be an easy, just 2 nothing series. It comes back to Columbus. Tampa's still got all the momentum, and they just close it there. It could be a sweep, honestly. Like, But I'm going to say Columbus squeaks out one win, and they're done in five. I, I too, am going with Tampa Bay in five. Um, I just think they're, they're, they're too good. They, they are just too good. Um, Stankos, Kucherov, Palat, Kalorn. Um, Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh crap. Who's their other center? Who's really, really good? I'm blanking on his name right now. Nate who's, Thompson? No, he's an RFA this summer. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this, this is killing me right now. It's good. Oh. Braden Point. Oh, Braden no, Point. Right, Braden Point. Mikhail Surachev. Victor Hedman. Just Andre Braden Vast- Coburn. Former Flyer. Braden Coburn. Yeah. Uh, Dan Girardi. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're, jokes aside, they're they're just they're too good. Yeah, they are they are they are absolutely too good. Where if one cock's not going, the other guy says, "Don't worry, buddy, I got gotcha. you." Yep. And Columbus just Sergey Bobrovsky does not have a good history of being a good goalie in the playoffs. And also Matt Duchesne, hell of a player, but when the bright light shines, where you need him to be a star, he kind of hips toes away from the bright light. Like, he doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And just, they don't match up mm-hmm. star versus star at all. Yeah. And... I mean, that's kind of what it is, though, with, like, the matchup, because it's, like, one versus eight, pretty much. Yeah. It's just, like, if, you, if you're Tampa, you're looking at your chat and saying, thank you, with this terrible playoff format, we kind of got the hookup. Yeah. Because Columbus, you know, Bobrovsky did nail it. He, he got his crap together down the stretch. It was a big yep. reason why they clinched the playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and good on Yarmulke Kalai and the GM because if they had made the playoffs, he's gone because 
you kept your two big UFAs in Vorovsky and Panarin, and you added on by bringing in Dezingle and Matt Duchesne. And you have no draft picks. They don't pick, I believe, until the fourth or fifth round. So you are you have no picks in your first three rounds of the season. <laughs> yikes. Like, Paul Holmgren never did that with the Flyers. So double yikes. Um, I just... The only chance Columbus makes it interesting is if Bobrovsky just outduels his Russian competitor, Maslevsky, and that, and is literally, like, becomes, like, the Terminator and is just, like, blocking everything. Yeah. Um, but... Tampa, Tampa in five, maybe even the sweep. Columbus, I'm sorry, you poop. Not, not a chance. <laughs> like, if I were you, I just walk in the game when I'd be like, we surrender. We are, yeah. we are the French. Uh-huh. Um, I had to throw a French guy. I, in there. Yeah, I mean, sorry, that, any that, French Canadians. That one's that one's one of the easier ones to predict. I yes. feel like because it's like like we said, like Tampa's just been a complete juggernaut. The entire, oh yeah. Like they came out of the gate and everyone was like, oh, are they gonna peak at some point? And it's like, dude, they literally like are just. They just keep going. We, we were waiting for them to go, like, and they peaked too early. And then, yeah. oh, they still peaked too early. And well, are they going to fall off? And no, apparently they're not. Yep. So we're both degrees with this one. Tampa and five. Mark it down. <laughs> Next Eastern Conference series, you have the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a series I am really looking forward to watching. It is oh, yeah. a rematch of last year's first round matchup that wins seven games with Boston being victorious, in which Toronto blew a third-period lead off a bad play by Jake Gardner, who was an upcoming free agent this summer. Matt, your thoughts? Uh, so, I'm going to make, I guess, maybe a bold statement here, and I say this is the year that I think Toronto is going to pull through and take down the Bruins. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think I'm going to say Toronto in seven, because... I just think that, like, I mean, them adding Toronto with Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Matthews, they got Muzzin in the back, like, bolster the back end. Uh, who's, uh, the Casper Kapanen. Kapanen, Gardner, like, uh, Riley. Rod, Morgan Riley. Like, I mean, I feel like the only kind of, like, the weak link in the, the, uh, the, the possible weak link in the Maple Leafs armor is going to be their goaltending. Because Anderson has had his troubles this year, and then their backup is what Sparks, who is on a hiatus. Oh well, I don't know, whatever. Garrett Sparks has no confidence <laughs> and actually like went away to go find himself. Oh geez, right. so Michael Hutchinson is their backup right now. So yeah, all right. So I mean, I think this series, like a lot, of, I mean, you could argue this for any series is going to come down to literally come down to goaltending because both teams have stellar offense. I mean. You got, on the Bruins side, you got Bergeron, Marshawn, who hit 100 points for the first time in his career this mm-hmm. season, right? Yeah, very much um, Pasternak, you got guys like McAvoy, um, who else on defense? Corrali, I guess. Corrali's a forward. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the Bruins are deep. Like, their lesser-known guys are still threats. And the same thing with the Leafs. I mean, the Leafs and have... The, and the Bruins still have Chara. Yeah, and I mean, Chara's an animal. Like, the guy's, what, 41 now, 42, yep. and he's still climbing ropes, like, better than I ever could. Like, so, I mean, this is going to be... It's an original six matchup on top of two teams that anytime they play, it's entertaining, no matter if it's playoffs or not. Like, this is going to be a prime series to watch because it's going to be fought tooth and nail for every game, every inch, every goal, every save, every, like, there's going to be probably tons of blocked shots. 
Um, it's gonna be nasty. It's too. gonna be it's gonna be playoff hockey. Like it's gonna be what you think of in playoff hockey. Guys are gonna be nailing each other any chance they get. Gonna be giving it all like full sixty. And I think it's gonna go the distance. I think it's gonna go seven. But I think this is the year that Toronto is gonna break through and get through to the next round. So that's all I have to say. On to you. <laughs> See, I've been flipping. I've been flip flopping back and forth in this song when I've been thinking about it. Um. I want Toronto to succeed because Austin Matthews is my current favorite hockey player who's not on the Philadelphia Flyers. And I think they will. I'm agreeing with you. I think they will. I think they'll, I think they can get it done in six. I think they, I think they, I think they come back in six games. They might split the opening two games in Boston. Mm-hmm. I think they'll win the two home games in Toronto and they'll win. Um, they'll lose. They'll go back to Boston, they'll lose game five, and they'll come back to Toronto winning game six. I think Austin Matthews is ready to put this baby to bed and say, you know what, I can finally have climbed the mountain that is the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Um, a big key is last year, Kadri was suspended for the first two games of that series, that, yeah. and Nazem Kadri is very much one of the gears that makes Toronto's engine roar. Yeah. Um, so he having him, your number three, your top three centers are Tavares, Matthews, Kadri. That's huge. They've got the other guys we mentioned, Kasperi Kaffman, still former flyer, Sammy Kaffman, uh, William Neander, Connor Brown, Mitch Marner. They're a good, fast, young, skilled team. Whereas Boston's still somewhat turning into the old guard. They're kind of still a bigger team, but they do have some speed. Tory Krug, DeBrusque, Brad Marchant. Uh, David Krejci still doing well. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is still Patrice Bergeron. Um, goal, it's I think a big thing's going to come down to goaltending. Freddie Anderson for the Toronto Maple Leafs did not have a great stretch run in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm hoping some of the rest they gave him um, pans out. Because if Freddie's not good, Toronto doesn't stand a chance. Yep. But I think if you have Freddie on their game and the Toronto Maple Leafs come to town and bring the task to Bruins... They get it done in six. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – I feel like for Toronto, at least, this is probably, what, the first the first of maybe a full – I'd say maybe, what, five-year window that they can kind of be yeah. a contender. Yeah, so, I'd agree. But that's all – I think that's all I have to say about that one. So on to the next one. Moving on. Next, we have the Washington Capitals and Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> and The Caps no, versus the Jerks. Uh, congrats to Carolina – um, they snapped a 10-year playoff drought. Yep. The last time they made the playoffs was 2009. Yep. So good for the folks down in rally. Matt, your thoughts? Um, I think this is going to be maybe one of the more surprising series in the East and probably in the league for the playoffs because the, I feel like the Hurricanes have been, aside from the, the infamous bunch of jerks nickname that they were bestowed by Doc Terry, who kind of just hates... Is, like, is a grumpy old guy at some points and hates fun. But um, I think they've kind of been like the team, the little team that could for the season. I mean, they surprised a lot of people because um, they don't really have a lot of like a lot of big names if you're not really like a hockey guy. I mean, they have Justin Williams. They have Sveshnikov. Uh, Aho. One of the stalls, Eric. The Jordan. Jordan stall. They have Sebastian Aho. Taravainen. They have Trevor Van Riemsdyk. JVR is his younger brother. Yep. And then between the pipes, they have Mrazek, former Flyer legend, Peter Mrazek. 
and um, Curtis McElhaney. Curtis McElhaney. So, I mean, like, two guys between the pipes that you wouldn't think would be able to kind of backstop a team to the playoffs. But here they are with a bunch of jerks. The Storm Surge could possibly be coming to the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I'm honestly excited about. Some of them have been better than others. I was, like, kind of, like, meh at first when I, like, when they first started doing it. But I'm like, you know what? Like, having fun. Like, I like it. Like, if I was at a game, I'd be like, yo, Storm Surge coming in. I didn't like it when they did it against the Flyers and eliminated us because I was pissed at the Flyers lost. But, hey, whatever. But I'm going to say this one is probably going to go. I'm going to say Caps in six in this one. Caps in six? Because I think Carolina is going to be able to put up a good fight. I mean, you have that, that emotion, that energy coming out of a 10-year drought, like, especially when it's going to, like, they're going to definitely win one game at home, maybe even get both of them right out of the gate. They're going to, I think they're going to give the Caps a good fight, but I think, obviously, the Capitals being the Stanley Cup champions, you got Ovi, you got Kuznetsov, Backstrom, you got Oshie, uh, Orpik, Carlson, I mean, they're, the Caps are ready to go. Hopies, yeah. So, I mean, the Caps are obviously looking to defend that title, and they're not going to get, they're not going to let a bunch of jerks steal away from steal them. Away from them. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to be well fought. It's going to be entertaining like every other series. But I think the Capitals are obviously going to get it done, and they're going to get it done in six games. And the storm surge will disperse for the year. Matt, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, man. I am going – I am it's about I, time. I am, <laughs> I am low-key rooting for the Carolina Hurricanes this playoffs. Um, former Flyers and Williams wears that C proudly out with the Carolina Hurricanes. And um, I think that the bunch of jerks are going to get it done in yeah. six games. Oh, shoot. Um, I think, little known fact, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but in the Carolina Hurricanes history, they have never been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Damn. Never, round one, have they been kicked out the door. They have always made it through round two. Now, maybe I, I could be wrong. I am not. All knowing, mm-hmm. even though I think I am sometimes. <laughs> um, I gotta knock myself down a peg here every once in a while. Um, I like think. I gotta come back down to earth one of these days. It's precisely. <laughs> um, I just think Evgeny Svechnikov, man, my Russian is tough, uh, had one hell of a rookie year. Sebastian Aho really came to his own. Teo Terabinen's just saying, hey, Chicago, thanks for trading me away. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has some. Studs on it. Yeah. Uh, Justin Falk, Jacob Hamilton. Justin Falk, Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, Aiden Flurry. They've got some good. They have a really good top four defenseman, top decor. And Peter Moran said, "Oh, that's what I say to you, dude. Where, where was this play last year when you remember the Flyers? Like, holy hell, dude! I mean, he like, had it for the first three games. For the first, and then he shit the bed. <laughs> um, and now he's just come back and like." He has literally been the savior of this franchise. Literally, like, literally. He, his play is what made them say um, they set the, their other goalie they had, who came from Scott Darling. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, we're going to put you on waivers and send you on the American League. You know, you're making four and a half million dollars for us. Him and McLean's play mm-hmm. made them say, all right, Scott Darling, you're expendable now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think the, the energy carries in. I, I saw footage of that fan base the night they clinched a playoff spot. People were crying. Yeah. I mean, like, there was joy and jubilation everywhere. And just Car- Carolina is one of those spots where, like, low-key, they're a hockey place. Yeah. And if they can get sustained success, like, they've won a Stanley Cup. So they, they know what that fan base, and they won it recently. Mm-hmm. That fan base knows what the deal is. Yeah. It's just... 
when you have a 10-year drought, you're going to lose a lot of fans. Mm. So when you come back, that helps big time. And you're playing a former division rival, because they used to be members of the Southeast Division, where they battled out a lot of years. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, the Capitals are defending Stanley Cup champions, and that's no joke. They are no joke. Um, Ovechkin had 51 goals again this season. His, what was it? I forget the number, but he's at a, a billion 50-goal seasons in his career right now. Eight now. Eight or nine. Yeah. Like, he right now is on pace to potentially break Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record if he plays for another, like, five or six years and can still maintain his production. Which, don't Ovechkin, the dude's a Russian machine, it's possible. I was going to say, the guy partied for the first three months of the offseason, came he, back, he and came in like, hungover and was like, yeah, not a big like, deal, uh, I'm ready to go again, I'll boys. I'll 51 this time. Yeah. I'm like, don't, don't mind yeah. me. Um, now, the, cap, the Capitals could win, but I, I, I just think I'm riding the hot hand here. I'm going with my gut, and I got the bunch of jerks and six. The storm's coming. The storm is storm <laughs> is brewing. Winter is coming. The North remembers. Uh, south. But, the South remembers. <laughs> uh, to quote Captain America today, let's go kill that son of a bitch. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Carolina and six. All right. Now I'll do a fun one. Um, well, I mean, not really fun for us. I think this will be interesting. It's the New York Islanders. Uh-huh. Over the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Matt, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think the I think the Islanders kind of like the uh, I guess the maybe yeah I guess like the Hurricanes were kind of a team that no one saw really getting getting anywhere this year. Uh, definitely not making the playoffs. I think after especially after losing Tavares, they, they were supposed to be a lottery. The team. franchise was kind of in disarray at that point, but then they I mean they got Barry Trotz, who was a big proponent of them making the postseason. Uh, Barzell stepped up as a player on offense. They have guys that, I mean, you don't really hear about a lot. Like, I mean, Anders Lee is their captain, correct? Kyle Carbuck uh, had 20 tucks this season. Franz Nielsen, he's still... No, Franz Nielsen's him? gone. Oh, all right, never mind. I'm thinking way back now. Brock I mean, Nelson? Yes. Um, Valtteri Filppula had a pretty good... Four fly election Filppula? Yeah. Um, I mean, and again, it's the same thing as Carolina, where they have two goalies who you don't think really would kind of be able to, like... Again, backstop a team to the playoffs, where in uh, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice, both kind of guys you would think if they're on maybe any other team, they're they're the backup guys. Or but, if in, in in Leonard's start, maybe he's like a a one B guy. Yeah, but I mean the Islanders obviously I think they had something to prove this year, where it's like we may have just lost our franchise player, but we're still in this thing and we're going to show it, and they have by uh, they were the what they're the two seed. Yeah, in the in the metro, so it's like they they came to play this year, obviously having some having like not really a vengeance, but they had a like as a bone to pick with their with their fans and just fans in general, saying like, oh, they're not going anywhere. Like they just lost to Paris, they're done. It's like no, like we're still here, and we're gonna show it. And they obviously did, like I just said. So, um, on the other hand, Pittsburgh, I mean, they've kind of had a little bit of a down year. Um. I mean, they're still good though. Like they still have everyone that they've had for mostly for the like the past three years with their back-to-back cups: Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, uh, Hornquist, Murray in net with uh, was it DeSmith as the backup? Mm-hmm. Um, Crystal Tang, the Crystal Tang, you Dumoulin. got Dumoulin. Like they are still a good team, and they're gonna be 
clamoring to let people know, like, hey, we won those cups. We might have had a little bit of a rough year in the standings this year in the regular season, but, like, we're still here. So I think it's going to be a hard-fought series. Again, like every other series, I'm going to say this probably every time, but get used to it. So it's playoffs. Um, but I think I'm going to go Penguins in six for this one because I think that the Islanders, like like any other team, are going to put up a good fight. But the Penguins are a team where they once they make the postseason, they're a different team. And it's like guys like Crosby, Malkin, all them, like I just mentioned, they're going to make that next step and they're just going to basically try and put away the Islanders as fast as they can. I I have the Pittsburgh Penguins in five games. New York Islanders, you're a joke. You're a disgrace to the city of New York. I despise you. I hate you. Um, I I think the only reason why they got in the playoffs this year is because you had Barry Trotz giving them one hell of a, one hell of a system to play under. Uh-huh. And you had a good overall team effort but when Cal Clarbor, your fourth line center, scores 20 goals, yeah, it's a problem because I don't see him scoring playoff goals. Matt Barzell didn't have that great of a year. Um, and it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Dolman, Phil the Thrill, Hot Dog Kessel, Jake Gensel, Matt Murray. I can keep on going. They won back-to-back cups. I may also hate the Pittsburgh Penguins with every inch of my being in soul, like if I could, gah, loathe and loathe entirely. We all know how you feel. Um, but no, the Islanders, you don't stand a chance. I'm sorry, you stick a fork in them, they're done. They they might win one game back on Long Island, the barn they can't even fill with their diehard fans, um, which only seats fourteen thousand people. Um, and you can't even fill that barn up, and yet you have a ravenous fan base? Get out of here. You're done. Cooked. Finish. Finito. Whatever. I'm sorry I understand, but I'm not sorry. You don't stand a chance. Um, I mean, yeah, feel-good story. Robin Leonard, you know, signed, had a really bad go in Buffalo, came out that he had was battling alcoholism and bipolar disorder, got his life back together, sober, on the right meds, had one hell of a year. So maybe if there's any chance they do it, it's because Robin Leonard goes, hey, I'm legit now. Yeah. But you don't start Thomas Grice against Penguins because Grice is a former backup for the Pittsburgh Penguins. All the Penguins stars know where to shoot on him and know how to score Noah's quirks. So if you start Grice, he's getting lit up. Lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, not a chance. Pittsburgh in five. That's all I got for that. All right. Um, but that, that wraps up. That those are for the East. Yeah, this is for the East. Um, we'll do the longer episode this evening, as always, because we got we gotta get over to the Western yeah, Conference. It's, it's the Cup, man. It's yeah, it's, it's playoffs. This is what we do. Uh, moving on to Western Conference, you have the Calgary Flames and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh huh. Matt, take it away. Um, that's kind of a it's a tough call for me, honestly, for, for this one, but. I mean, the Flames, they, they've been the best team in the West this year. Uh, guys like Johnny Hamachese, Johnny Gaudreau getting it done. South uh, Jersey native. Uh, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, you got Mark Giordano, who's like one of the best, best bet D-men in the game. Probably maybe a Norris. Should win the Norris this year if you ask Should me. win it. Um, Mike Smith and Dave Riddick. Dave Riddick. And that, I mean, that's a pretty good, obviously it's been a pretty good one-two punch for them this year. Um 
don't really know much about the Flames, honestly. I mean, they're good, obviously. I know a few of their players, but on the other side of things, Colorado, I mean, they got off probably to the hottest start in the league this year. Yep. Rantanen was on pace for 100 points at one point. Pretty sure he got 100, correct? No, he did not. He did not get 100 points, but but then Colorado kind of fell off at one point and was on the verge of missing the playoffs, and then they won in overtime against the Yotes. Yeah, against, against the Jets. So oh, they, yeah, yeah, they only awesome. need in that game they only needed one point to clinch, mm-hmm. but then they just they won it just to make everyone gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean I think the Flames, I'm gonna say Flames in six because I think Colorado's still a good team, but the Flames have obviously shown that they can be better, and the Flames have gotten a lot better probably in the last four or five years. I mean they've shown obviously they're a contender now. They have the offensive skill, the depth, the the right guys on the back end. I mean, I think they're going to not easily handle the, the Avalanche, but I think it's going to be Calgary in six. I'm going with Calgary also in six games. I think Colorado will get two wins in there. Um, I just lead it up to, to, to lack of depth for Colorado. They're really uh, – I'm sorry for our listener and good friend, dump and change teammate, biggest Colorado Avalanche fan in the entire state of Pennsylvania, Jason Coley. Um, you're not winning this series, dude. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, yes, the top line of Nate McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, and Mika Rantanen is absolute fire and one of the best lines in hockey right now. But after that, they don't really have anyone on offense. I mean, you, Yost had a bad year as an up-and-coming center. Derek Broussard's okay. Um, but on offense, you your only real weapons are your top line. Defense, you've got Tyson Berry, Eric Johnson, that's your most offensive threat on defense. <laughs> and then you have Nikita Zadorov, who's more of a defensive specialist. Yeah. Um, now, if all of a sudden if they were to get Kill McCarr, that were to change things. But playoffs, I don't think that you can add a college player into the NHL playoffs yet. Well, if they had Kill McCarr to go into this series, that might change things a little bit. Also, with Colorado, your goaltending, you have Simeon Barlow and Philip Grubauer. I think that, that that's a step down for Mike Smith. And Dave Reddick, if you ask me, now, if this is Sibion Varlamov five years ago, I would give the abs the advantage. Um, but I think Calgary is just too deep. They can run four lines at you. You know, you've Sean Monaghan, uh, Elias Lindholm, and Johnny Hammond, Cheese, Johnny Goudreau. Then you got that second line with Mikhail Backlund at center, Matthew Kuchuk, and, um, crap, who's that? Um, <laughs> Michael Froeek. Yep. Um, then this your defense, Giordano, TJ Brody, Man Rocket, Noah Hannafin. Um just they're just a deeper team and they're wearing their sick throwback eighties uniforms oh, for yeah, the playoffs. Awesome. So fire. literally fire. Um some alliteration there for you. <laughs> um it just I, I just think that it's there's something to prove that they are the better team in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And they want to stick it to the Oilers by winning the playoffs as far as they know. So I got, I got again, Calgary and six of the Colorado Avalanche. All right. Moving on, we've got the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights, a repeat of last year's second round mm-hmm. series. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean... What you just said, I feel like San Jose's kind of got a little bit of the uh, the mental edge in this. They're they're out for revenge uh, after getting. I think they did they get swept by the Knights. 
last season. I know they swept. No, I think it was. I know they swept the Kings yeah. last year. I mean, I, regardless, they were one of the teams that were that fell at the hands of a an, an expansion team in their first season. I mean, the, there's really nothing. I don't think the only thing that could um, surpass that run that the Knights had last season would be if I guess the Seattle team came into the league in their first year, they won the cup because that would be something that has never been done before. I think, but this one I think is going to be tough for the matchup because I think both teams uh, kind of stack up pretty well against each other. And I mean, the Knights aren't a team to write off, especially with if they uh, they have flurry in that um, guys like William Carlson, uh, Nate Schmidt, uh, Ryan Reeves could be a factor too. Like, He's like the probably the best enforcer in the game at this point, but he can still put the puck in the net, park himself in front of the net, like screen the goalie. Uh, Marsha show they got who else? James Neal is still. They, Vegas, not to interject. Vegas won the series against the Sharks in this oh, wait, game. Is Neal? Neal's on the Neal, Flames. He's on the Calgary Flames. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was really looking at it. I got caught by the the um, score last year's roster, but yeah, I mean. The Knights are, they proved themselves to be a good team last year, and everyone kind of wrote them off where it was like, oh, pretty much like beginner's luck, where it's like you have an unreal, almost miraculous season, your first year in existence, and like this was going to be like the real, the true test of kind of what they are as a team, like how these players, the, I guess, bunch of the golden misfits that they were being called, like Mm -hmm. how they were going to really do their second year because, again, this is the true test of what they were made of this season. And they struggled a bit, but they still pulled through, and obviously they're in the playoffs now, and it's anyone's game. But I think that – see, it's it's this is probably one of the tougher ones because the Knights are very unpredictable in my opinion, but I think San Jose is going to have that edge this year. And I think – I'm going to say this one is going to be Sharks in seven. Sharks in seven. Yeah. Um, I mean – Sorry, let me just – I didn't touch on the Sharks briefly, but, I mean, the Sharks have guys like you got Thornton, who's having a really good year this season, Brent Burns, Kowalski, Couture. They have – who's in that for them? Um, uh, <laughs> it's the old Kings backup goalie, uh, Martin Jones. Martin Jones, and is Aaron Dell their backup? Aaron Dell. Um, both of them have not had a good year. So, yeah, I mean, again, this could come down to goaltending because both teams have pretty good – like offensive rosters, good defense. So it's like you forgot another defensive for the Sharks. The old EK sixty five. Oh yeah, Carlson. That's right. I feel like yeah, I just I feel like he's like flown under the radar for a lot. He's had an injury season. year. Yeah, he's had an injury real season. He's gonna be good to go for the playoffs, which is good because he's big. I mean, he's a good player for them. But I think again, this is gonna come down to goaltending because Flurry. I mean, I think the the Knights have the edge in goaltending with Flurry, and then they have Subban as their backup, mm-hmm. who's played pretty well this season. But it's like. Um, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be. Sh- uh, I said yeah, San Jose and seven. So I I think <laughs> I think it's I think I'm taking the opposite view. I'm going with the Knights and seven. Oh, man. Um, I just think the Knights overall are a deeper, better team. Um, Sharks are old. This might be their last rock in the can. Um, they're not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have a lot of good prospects for them in the system. Martin Jones and Aaron Dell have not had good years this year. Where the things where the knights have just they've said oh last year wasn't a fluke like we're legit yeah um we're here to stay and they add when you add on Mark Stone mm-hmm. to that lineup right and Max Pacioretty from last season mm-hmm. that improves your team leaps and bounds um 
But I just think, you know, you're already adding I'm forgetting, like, all, like, the, these, like, new guys. That's what you got me. No, I know. Um, I, I just think that Vegas keeps you running. About March? Did you say March, though? I did say March, though. I'm not even, <laughs> even going to talk anymore. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I just think Vegas has an as the upper edge. They had, they had a really good season series against each other in the regular season. I just think you add in goaltending, you add in the – maybe – San Jose has an edge on defense just because of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. Um, but I think San Jose's got the edge in goaltending and offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm saying the Knights and seven. Okay. Me personally. Me personally. <laughs> uh, moving on, now we have the good old Nashville Predators oh, yeah. versus the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Um, Matt, take us away. First of all, I'm just going to say I don't know – Smashville, the Music City, man. What a, what, a, what a place for hockey. Like, I need to get I to see a game it. there. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, aside from visiting the city in general, like, that's, like, it just got to be unreal for, like, even a regular season Preds game. But, like, playoffs, that place has got is nuts, which is cool. But, I mean, and then on the other side, Dallas, this is their first time in three, three or four, three years. four years that they've made it to the postseason. Um, I'll start off with Nashville. I mean... They got, they have guys that have kind of flown under the radar too. I mean, obviously they have uh, Forsberg, they have Johansson, my man, the Subernator on D, uh, Simmons, the Wayne Train coming in the playoffs, hot. Um, but guys like, I mean, guys like Victor Arvidsson, Colton Sissons, um, trying to think who else. Brian Johansson's their top line yeah, center. I mean, you, uh, yeah, Kyle Turris. Turris. I mean, the Predators are guys. They have they have the good depth, and I mean that's obviously good this time of year because like you need everyone to contribute. And um, I mean on the back end they got obviously my man Subernator, Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi, the Man Rocket, uh, as Spin Chicklets calls him. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, oh, they also uh, have Brian Boyle, which I forgot about. So like Boyle could be a factor with his side. Yeah. So I mean, Matias Ekholm's another Echol, defenseman. Yeah. Um, Second Rene. They got Rene, my man Eunice Corpusalo in the pipes, no. right? No, I thought it was Corpusalo. Corpusalo is with um, Columbus. He's their backup. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, UC God. Saros. That's who it is. But they're, they're both Finnish, I believe. Yeah, so it's, it's okay. I, 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 had that one, I had that one teed up and I would. But anyway, so, I mean, the Predators are a good team and they've been a contender. They made it to the, the Cup Final two years ago against Pittsburgh. Um, were the victims of early whistles. An early whistle that might have cost them the puck. We never, we'll never know, but they're in it to win it at this point. And I mean, they have maybe another three, four year window to kind of probably three, yeah, to get over the hump, win the cup. I mean, a Smashville Cup would be unreal. That place would be a nonstop party. It would we be thought D, we saw, yeah, we thought DC was crazy, but like um, a city like Smashville wins the cup. Forget about it. We'll have to travel there. I'm down. But all right, so. My, I guess my my excitement bias aside, the Stars, I think, are going to be a team that you can't write off. Uh, again, they're back in the playoffs for the first time in, we thought, three, four years. Um, guys like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, the crazy Russian, um, John Klingberg, Jason Spezza. Yep. Um, I want to say, I was going to say Patrick Sharp, but he is not on the He's team retired. anymore. <laughs> um, defenseman, I'm trying to think. They have Klingberg. Klingberg, Heiskanen, is that how you say yep. it? Heiskanen. Heiskanen. Um, he's a good young defenseman. 
Um, between the pipes, Kadovin and Niemi, correct? Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop, that's who it is. There's a, so there's a big drop-off between Niemi and Ben Bishop. That's true. Anyway, Bishop and Niemi. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. Um, but I think Nashville, obviously, being, I think, the better team, is going to pull this one out in six. I'm going with, again, Nashville in six. Now, Ben, to not give the Stars some, to give them their due diligence. Ben Bishop had the best Sabres NHL goals against average in the entire NHL this season for goaltenders. So he he is he's no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anton Kudobin had a very solid year as his backup. But besides John Klingberg, Radulov, Ben, and uh, Tyler Sagan, they don't really have any other offensive threats. Yeah, I feel like Where, they they lack depth. Yes, they they are very much they very much are from the Colorado Avalanche syndrome. Or they just lack the depth to compete in the playoffs. Now, it's anybody's game. But again, I'm still going with Preds in six. Um, I think the Predators, they're just too deep. They can roll the four lines. They've got the skill. They've got the grip. They've got the defense. And contrary to other people's beliefs, Pecorine is still one hell of a goalie. And arguably, if he didn't shit the bed in Pittsburgh in that cup series, you're okay. Maybe Predators are winning the cup. Yeah. Um, and you see Saros, if for some reason Pecorine falls back and they have to throw Saros in, he's no slasher, he's their future in net. Um, and obviously P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons, we already said there. Um, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Craig Smith. Just, they, just throwing it goes deep and deep and deep. And you have, you have the jam man himself behind the bench in Peter Laviolette. Bull. Don't mess with the horns. Um, yeah, again, just present six, I just think they just have the they have the overall depth and the more playoff success that will get them over the hump. I'd like to also point out uh three six nation himself, Zach Ronaldo is on the pre- the Preds. Oh, so oh, uh, I knew that was coming in Watch out Dallas. Dallas. He's coming for you. He's not he's gonna be at all. Smashville versus the big D. That's gonna be exciting. That is gonna be very good. Uh that is a winter classic preview for next season. Is there a cotton bowl stadium, correct? Yep. Yes. Uh, now to our last playoff series, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues, who made some history by getting the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. So let's get that ball rolling. Um, I see it's tough though too. This one I think is one of the more tough matchups to kind of gauge, but I'm gonna have to say right out of the gate, I'm gonna say Jets in six in this one. I think um, Winnipeg has the depth. They have probably the, the speed. Uh, I mean, you got guys like Line A. You got they got Kevin Hayes at the deadline. You got Mark Shifley. You got uh, Big Buff on the blue line. Um, Hellebuck in net, who had the most wins last season mm-hmm. out of every goalie. I think. Uh, who else? Did I, I said Mark Shifley? Their captain. Their captain. Uh, Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. So I mean, they have those big name guys that are. This is like their bread and butter, and the Jets are a big team. I feel like too. Like they're they're not they're like a daunting team to look at. Where you're like, oh, like we gotta play the Jets. Like got a guy like Big Buff who's just gonna throw the body whenever he can. He's gonna unleash the clapper when he's got the chance. Uh, hopefully, Line's kind of had a rough year, but I mean, again, postseason it's kind of a fresh start where like he's gonna be one of the guys that they depend on. Uh, to score, obviously, uh, on the power play. He's got to play some defense when he can. But it's like the Jets are a good team, obviously. They, they are a contender, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they can go the distance. 
um, in the right circumstances, obviously. But um, on the other hand, I mean, the Blues, this pains me to say, but they were basically what I hope the Flyers were going to be, where they were one of only a handful of teams ever to be in last place statistically in the new in the beginning of the new year and then obviously claw their way back all the way into a playoff spot and they finished third place in the central so like they didn't just squeak in the wild card they made it to like the top three so i mean they're no joke obviously and they have i'm sure a lot of momentum especially with the wind song they continue gloria mm-hmm. like spin chicklets talked about that was a great story about the chicklets crew but um I mean, they got guys like I have former Flyer legend Brady Chen, uh, Patrick Maroon, right? Yep. I'm, was, really, like, I'm using up names. He was a Philadelphia Phantom. True. Um, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, that's pretty much all I can think of. Mighty, <laughs> Mighty Tarasenko. Ter- yeah. Uh, uh, Alex Colpareco. Alex Perangelo. Yeah, I'm just I'm terrible with names right now. I'm just a big bucket. I'm like, no, I, know, you're good. I'm, I just like, I'm blanking on so much stuff tonight. There, there's a lot. There's it's a, a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah. But, um, who's in the net? They got what? Jake Allen in there. And, and Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington. Or Jordan Winnington, Winnington as they were say. calling him. Been in nasty in the, uh, in the pipes. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think they're just going to not, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say they're going to get overwhelmed by the Jets, but I think the Jets are kind of, kind of strong on themselves into winning this series. And then take it in six. That's all I'm going to say because I'm probably just going to mess up even more. <laughs> uh, I'm going with St. Louis. I'm picking St. Louis in five games. Oh man! I I I. <laughs> this could bite me in my ass, but I just think Winnipeg. They did not play well down the stretch in the playoffs. They stumbled. Hellebuck was not good in net. There's Lane has not been burying the puck in his opponent's net. They have just they kind of started to fall apart and things they're like a rusty year falling off the wagon. Um, now I could be completely wrong and Winnipeg a good state to go like, Oh, Hey, we're us again. Um, but I think the way St. Louis played getting into the playoffs, they're riding this hot shape. They've been, it's been the playoffs for them since January mm. and they haven't showed any signs of slowing down. They were trailing again, again, it's Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago. And they put up six goals like this guy like five minutes or something and beat the and beat the Lightning. So look, look out for the Blues like O'Reilly, Shen, Tarasenko, Pranko, Petrangelo, Jay Bowmeister, um, you know Jordan Bennington, who's now become their starting goaltender as a rookie. Um, I just I just think they're gonna ride. I think I think Winnipeg is gonna they're gonna be hurt by their slow crawl in the playoffs, mm. and I think St. Louis is gonna really just come on in and just smash door wide open and be given five. We'll see. If that, they that, can... that that pick is like that that's <laughs> that's my gutsy pick of saying say, like yeah. that's like this is probably the most unrealistic, but if it happens, I look like a genius. But if I'm if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, it's just because I was wrong. Yeah. It's 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 the bracket. It's gonna be what happens. It's gonna be tough to weather the whiteout though. See, the whiteout hasn't been successful in Winnipeg. It wasn't successful. And one of the things that really grinds my gears <laughs> is the Winnipeg Jets holding on to traditions. That the Winnipeg Jets, aka the Arizona Coyotes, used to do. Yeah. Like you are no longer that franchise. You are the defunct Atlanta Thrashers. The old Winnipeg Jets are playing in Phoenix, Arizona. Like there's a big difference. 
Stop holding on traditions that were unsuccessful in the past and make new ones, damn it. That includes jerseys. That's a right term of it. Bon Cherry over here. Yeah. <laughs> the Winnipeg, Bunch of jerks. Winnipeg jerks. Winnipeg jerks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that wraps up our previews for the first round of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, playoffs start Wednesday night. Yeah, not every series starts Wednesday, too. No. I think there's only five that start Wednesday. Um, Are there five games? So I mean, I have a detailed picture on my Facebook. We exited out of it by accident. I, I, I'm, 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 going to a picture, I'm going to a picture on my personal Facebook. Uh, suspense is killing me. It's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and I just scroll back to the top of the page. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll look it up on my phone. No, no. I got it. I got it. It's working. We're clicking. We're clicking. We're clicking. Ah. There we go. Got it. So, starting... On Wednesday, which is the 10th of April, 2019, you have Tampa and Columbus, 7 o'clock Eastern on USA Network. Then you have um, Game 1 of the Islanders and Penguins at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN. Then you have Game 1 of Nashville and Dallas on 9.30 Eastern on USA. And then you have um, Game 1 between St. Louis and Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on NHL Network. And then you also have, well, I think all the all the Western Conference teams start on the 10th. Um, 10 o'clock on NBCSN is Calgary and Colorado. And then at 10.30 on NBCSN is um, Vegas and San Jose. The only two series to get started on the 11th of Thursday, which is Thursday this week, are Boston and Toronto at 7 on Thursday on NBCSN, and then also at 7.30 on USA, you can catch the opening game of Carolina-Washington. I think you made a mistake. Did I make a mistake? Yeah, Calgary, Colorado starts. It's the 11th. Oh, <laughs> man. This seems we do it live, folks. We're human. <laughs> uh, that was on me. I'll go hang my head somewhere in So Spain. there's three series that start on yes. Thursday. And three that start on Wednesday. Because yeah. the majority of them start Wednesday. So N- not not math guy. Not a math guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not either. I don't know why. Not, don't point at me for math. I mean, we can't point at Jake either. True. He's not here. He can't defend himself. I know he's not good at math. That's alright. Um, but that just about is going to um sum it up for this week. Thank uh, you for sticking with us, guys, for the extra mile. This would be a lot to cover. Yeah. I, think um, these, uh, I mean, now that the now that the Flyers are dead for the season, I think these uh, will. I mean, we'll probably, I guess, plan on doing weekly. Still, we'll touch on Flyers news here and there. Yeah. But for the next couple of podcasts, this is more so going to be an NHL or a hockey themed overall podcast, more so than our Flyers bias that we normally have during the Flyers yeah. season. I mean, there's really nothing to, to talk about with Flyers. Unless something Flyers. happens. Yeah. So, we'll take it again. Like I said, it brings me back to the beginning of the podcast, full circle here. We will sit and wait and see what happens. Precisely. Um, with that, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Um, enjoy the NHL playoffs. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I am personally excited. I do not get a lot of sleep this time of year because I try and literally watch Every game possible because I am a madman. And 
Apparently, I do not respect my body whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, sacrifices must be made. Um, because it's the cup. Because it's the cup. And on that note, we'll sign it off. Matt, that was very fitting. Everyone, I hope you have a nice evening. Thank you for your comments, questions, or concerns. As always, follow us at Twitter, at good old, at 5 Major Pod. Correct. Um, also, look out for an Instagram coming to you soon. We're going to get the ball rolling on that. Sure, we just have some couple kinks we got to work out for that. But that should be coming in the next couple weeks. I'm not going to put a dead straight timeline on it, but just keep an eye out for an Instagram. It's happening. So we're going to be in all three of the major platforms. Um, again, thank you for your comments, but also on your guys' end, share, post, you know, comment, share with your loved ones, share with your coworkers. Be like, hey, we like this podcast. We're trying to make this thing grow. Um, there's only so much the three of us, well, the two of us tonight can do. So the more fan interaction we get, the better, and just get the word out. Thank you for your support, as always. Um, this will be the last of the Let's Go Flyers until next year because they're done. Um, and, yeah, see you guys next week, and enjoy the playoffs.